I'm not sure if you guys missed us, but uh, but I miss doing this. Chris, did you miss doing this? The last time we did this, you weren't a married man. That's true. I wasn't. I wasn't a man yet. Josh, did you miss doing this? Um. Yeah. No. Uh, the, Chris, the last time we did this, I forced you to, didn't I? To do the yes, d- <laughs> it was a what the hell pod. But <laughs> it, it, those, those are dead and buried. Like I said, they were that day when I walked out of your house. Not, not, uh, not a coincidence that we haven't done one <laughs> since <laughs> it's been a month. Hey guys, welcome to the Knowles Twenty Four Seven Podcast. This is Brendan Sinone. Joining me in person, Chris Nee. Uh, over the, I would say Skype, but that's a lie. It's not even Skype. It's just Josh eating a burrito right now on FaceTime. Have you Thanks fin- for bearing with me, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to have the great Josh Newberg here. And since it's been more than a month, uh, there's a lot to touch on. But timely news, recruiting news, Saturday Night Live was this weekend, and it was, for um, lack of a better phrase, live, right? A success. Yes, a success, a, a smashing success, I think, based on who was there for Florida State, uh, what ended up happening in the days after. So uh, just a, a quick uh, table setter here for you guys so you know what we're going to go over today. We're not going to spend a ton of time on each topic because there's so much to go over. It's going to kind of go down, you know, bullet list here. Uh, but basically, Saturday Night Live, FSU gets three commits come right after it. That's Charles Cross on Sunday. The three-star offensive tackle, four-star safety, Brendan Gant on Sunday as well. And then today, as we're recording this, they got a commit from four-star linebacker Kalen DeLoach. I was going to go over those commitments, basically an overview of Saturday Night Live, what that event was like, what summer recruiting is like, and where FSU stands now. And just basically a a big picture, what we've learned about Willie Taggart and his staff as recruiters. So uh, let's get into the commitments. Chris, I'll start with you. Let's go with the first one. That's Charles Cross, the three-star offensive tackle from Mississippi. Well, it addresses a huge need. They need offensive tackles, and they need multiple offensive tackles in this class. He's a guy that Greg Fry liked. Got him here in June for camp, got him back in July for camp. He's 6'4 and a half-ish, about 270, can bend. Big body kid he's going to develop. He's going to be a good one long term. I don't think he's a day one type of kid, but I think he's going to be a very good player for them long term. He addresses a major, major need for them. And he wants to be there. It's not a kid that made an emotional decision. I think he knew before he came back in July he was coming to FSU, but he wanted to get mom and dad on campus. Did that. They liked it. Green lighted it. He walked out of the building on Sunday after having committed and let us all know. It's a very interesting setup. I got, I'm st- staring right across Chris at the table. Usually we're next to each other, kitty corner, but right now he's just staring deep into my soul as he breaks down Charles Cross. Josh is still eating the burrito. I'm pretty sure you guys can hear the audio of it. So this is nice and clean and normal as uh, as always. I muted myself. I know you, <laughs> you dad was concerned. We didn't see you for a minute. Uh, Josh, do you want to take Brendan Gant, a uh, kid from, from the Lakeland area and someone that kind of has been at this lean for a while, right? Right, yeah. Brendan Gant from, from Lakeland, as you said. You already said that. He hit the recruiting scene really early. We knew about him when he camped um, as a freshman heading into his sophomore year. He was a guy that Charles Kelly really took a liking to early. Um, They offered him. He returned to campus a couple times, built a relationship with that staff, and then, you know, made a a weird decision. He he had a a date that he was going to commit in early December, late November, something like that, of 2017. And Jimbo Fisher left. The whole staff was gone. And his decision date came either right before Willie got hired or right after Willie Tiger got hired. And instead of delaying it, because <clears throat> it was just an obligatory date that he set for himself, instead of delaying it, he chose Alabama, which was no secret because FSU didn't even have a staff in place at the time. So 
it was a little bit weird that he would do it at the time, but um, he did what he did. Reopened his recruitment a couple months later. It didn't last long. And the new staff had, had really made a concerted effort to reach out to him. And mainly that was because Odell Hagens, who recruits the Lakeland area, was still his, his uh, prime source of contact for FSU. So it wasn't a huge transition from the Fisher staff to the, to the Taggart staff. But they did do a good job of, of making him a priority. Um, they love his length. He can cover. He can hit. He's a great player. And, um, you know, he, I think the biggest thing in his recruitment was the fact that he was going to wait. He was saying he was going to wait till one of the All-Star games to commit. And that timeline just didn't jive with what FSU wanted. So it's always hard to kind of get a kid to back off of his desired date. But they were able to do that this weekend. I think they just stressed the importance of getting him in the class and having a spot and having him help. So he's been a null for a long time in his heart. And uh, I think he just decided to do it this weekend. So that was a great pickup for them and a, a timely one at that. Yeah, he's also known Willie since the USF days, dating back to his ninth grade year. So there was a relationship there. And the other thing to add on Gann is he spoke about when he came out, he could play some linebacker, safety, star, nickel. There's a lot of versatility to his game. He mentioned corner. I don't think he's a corner. But he can do a lot of things in the middle of the field. I'm shaking my head. Yeah, I don't think he's a Yeah, corner. he's not a corner. He's really, really good safety. I think he's yeah. re- really good at tracking the football. So, uh, big-time guy. That's, what, like the third or fourth Tampa-ish area guy that Willie and his staff have cashed in on since. I shouldn't say cashed in. But they, they fit and utilize like a like that relationship from years ago. It's, it's impressive and shows to, that what the whole Sarant Live event was, which was building relationships. That's something they were doing way back when they were at, at USF. Not that way back. That was only two years ago. All right, fourth and or sorry, third and final commit we have uh, uh, today. It was uh, Kalen Deloach, four-star linebacker. So all the names are starting to, to blend together now. But Kalen Deloach uh, from Savannah, rangy linebacker, uh, probably going to be a star type for them. Chris, do you want to touch on on him uh, and kind of what what he fits in and with the scheme for? Yeah, he said he'll play star predominantly when he comes here, and that's also what we heard from the staff side of things that that's where they want him at. They're trying to restock that cupboard at linebacker, and that's an excellent start in addition to McCray, who was already committed at the position. Um, you know, Kalen's a little bit undersized kid. He's not a freak of an athlete, but he's a good athlete. Excellent work ethic kid. Got a good head on his shoulders. He'll be big enough. He won't ever be 250, but he'll be 220 or so, in my opinion. Um, but he's good for that position. He knows what he's doing. He's very good player in pursuit, very good at kind of reading what's happening in front of him and playing it effectively. I think he's a valued asset for what they need out of position. And similar to Charles Cross at offensive tackle, it's so important for them in this class to kind of restock and replenish with good talent certain positions, and linebacker is certainly one of those. And, you know, they now have two good linebacker commitments. They probably need two more in this class, but – Getting Deloach in a boat, beating out Auburn, Michigan, many others for him, it's a very good get. Of the three that committed, I think we all pretty much thought that Cross was going to be the one for sure that was going to happen, yeah. the most likely at least, from the weekend. Then Gant, then Deloach. Like, which one was the surprise out of those three, or, or would it be I, the other way around there? I felt like I all think, three were always going to commit. Timing-wise, yeah. Gant sped it up some, which he needed to, and Deloach it also sped it up some. He, at one point, was talking about taking all his officials before he made a decision. Even Saturday, I'm sorry, Sunday, when he was leaving, I spoke to him and his dad briefly, and he still gave me the two to three weeks before mm-hmm. my season. But it was clear as day he had left that building knowing he was a Seminole. 
Yeah, I think getting them on campus was big for Florida State because South Carolina, Michigan, Auburn. Josh, Josh, your burrito is oozing. I can see it on the FaceTime. Like, literally, it's not an innuendo. Yeah, it is. I can see, like, grease dripping out of it. It's disgusting. It's doing fine. Your body is a temple. It is. Um, (laughs) So I think getting him on campus was just really big. It was a big – it was a win just to get him on campus because who knows? His recruitment could go a whole other direction if, you know, he goes up to Michigan again for that weekend or – but like Chris said, I think – once the decision was made to come on campus and then bring his dad, I think there was a, um, a desire to commit. And, you know, early on I felt really good about Deloach committing to FSU. And then his recruitment kind of opened up a little bit more as new offers came in. And, um, I think Michigan did a real good job making him a priority, selling him on a certain position and being the only guy that they were really recruiting. But, um, you know, in the end, these kids – they, they talk a big game about going to places like Ohio State and Michigan, but it's hard for a kid from Florida or Georgia to really make that commitment. So, Something worth mentioning about all three commitments. All three came to FSU in June huh. and July, and two of the three came to FSU during spring football. Charles Cross did not come during spring football. Mm-hmm. So multiple visits, keep getting them on campus, keep building relationships. It paid off. And, you know, at Cross, it was very much frying. Cross hit it off with Gantt. I think Willie and uh, Gant really hit it off, and the new staff made an impression on him. And Odell was a bridge that they lived on as they transitioned. And then with Deloach, it was Coach Woody did a fantastic job with him as well as his father. His father had to be recruited yeah. in this process. He was very involved with it, present at all the visits. That's a coach. Uh, I don't know if he's a coach. I think he's a trainer, trainer? type. Okay. I know he runs a gym, the factory over there. Mm-hmm. Deloach works over there a lot. Curtis Fanna has gone up there and worked, and a lot of other kids in the 912 area in mm-hmm. Savannah have worked out there. No, uh, Josh Josh touched on this in the recruit scoop that he that he did today, and you guys should check that out. It's behind the, the paywall, but I think we still have our uh, our VIP uh, promo still going on, if, if you aren't a member. It's, it's 18, 1,800 words of, of Josh relaying pretty good information josh doesn't whack poetry too much but um this this was good stuff so check it out but one thing that josh touched on was the importance of building those relationships you know june and july those camps weren't like really really fruitful right away but they kind of crescendo into or sorry the two june camps weren't but they kind of crescendo into what we saw after the saturday live so yeah but if you transition to looking at some of the other major targets tyler davis came in june came in july yeah. mm-hmm. fsu's made a major leap with him over the summer months very important recruit position that you always want to get good talented players at we saw fsu you know shut the door with Derek mcclendon in june he didn't mm-hmm. come back in july i'm not sure why but everything's good there That's he didn't go anywhere else there. in july right. which is important. I, I, I presume something else just came up kind of like goolsby goolsby was what sick? Is that what it was? Yeah, he informed the staff that um, he was sick and wasn't going to come. Yeah, so. he's been in contact with them pretty regular. Yeah, I don't so. think there was any concern. He's also been coming off of a foot injury too, so I don't even know if he was there if he was going to be able to participate. If you look at how the board's narrowing with major targets, mm-hmm. the focus is clear on who they really, really want. Mm-hmm. The focus is also clear, especially with so much competition to get kids on campus this past weekend on who has a legit interest in being a Seminole. So let's... Lloyd Summerall going to Miami instead of FSU is yeah, sort of me. like putting a sail up on a ship and sailing down the mm-hmm. river. It just is what it is. You accept it, you move on. You know, but a kid like N'Kobe Dean and Derek Hall, who had never been on campus coming and showing up, is huge for FSU. Yeah. And they had the ability to make that impression. Cardell Thomas is another one that falls into that category. 
and they made an impression, and they made big leaps with those guys. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but no, you're, you're you know, setting it, it up was nicely a crucial right weekend for FSU to figure out, you know, sort of was time, excuse my French, to shit or get off the pot mm-hmm. for some of the prospects. And, you know, the ones that stepped on campus, FSU did what they needed to do with to be in the game mm-hmm. for the next coming, you know, four to six months with those kids. Well, that's how the staff viewed this this weekend because the way the re- recruiting calendar goes, this was a shakeout weekend. This yeah, was going to be put, a little... They put a majority of their eggs in this basket. Yeah. And in June, me and Josh had this conversation. I'm sure me and you did as well. It was a gamble. Mm-hmm. We thought it was a little nuts. You're a newer yeah. staff. You're trying to build new relationships. You have a very, very important class with some positions where you have to hit home runs, have to fill major, major needs. And you're comfortable that your your June camps are very 2020, 2021, mm-hmm. not a whole lot of 2019s. And you're banking on them showing up in July. And outside of maybe John Dunmore, which ended up going to Penn State mm-hmm. direction, and Lloyd Summerall, who didn't show up, there's not a whole lot of examples where you can go, oh, that was a bad play. Yeah. In a majority of the cases, they did a great job of busting their asses and getting kids on campus. And those kids showed up. They had about 95 kids here. Mm-hmm. 60 to 70 of them are kids that are definitely D1 kids. Mm-hmm. You know, 30 to 40 of them are major, major D1 kids. FSU-type targets. A third of them are, are takes. That, that's a hell of yeah. a number to hit on. And it's in an example where you have one weekend to recruit everybody, and everybody in the country is trying to get them on campus. Yes. It was someone, someone on staff referred to it as, as a barometer. Like, this, yeah. this was a, a it's t- the old, test. It's the old last weekend of January recruiting period before signing day, trying to get your kids Just on like campus. Just like that. It, yep. It's that mad rush. Yeah. Chris and I, I still remember kind of having this conversation. Like, we were kind of, like, looking at each other back in, in June after the two camps and thinking, like, this could be ugly. Like, this could be real bad. They're, they're really banking on this thing for July and... We were just, you know, we had a, a conversation about when we should bring it up. And we both agreed that, like, we needed to give Taggart and the staff the opportunity to see this thing through. Because it was a clear strategy by them. Yeah. And I, wrote a, I wrote about it in the recruiting scoop as well. But me and Chris definitely had this conversation, decided that, you know, we were going to give them the benefit of the doubt, let, let the strategy run its course before we kind of for lack of a better term shit on it and we were we had this conversation on sunday me and chris were both surprised that all those kids showed up that they said we're going to show up so um it, they pulled it off and i think we'll see a little slight adjustment to this whole schedule and, and the way that the camps go down next year just because this was the first year of the sped up recruiting calendar um but it was a pretty flawless execution all right, so let's with that in mind, with, with a flawless execution, uh, you get the top recruit in the country on campus, and that's Kayvon Thibodeau, and he flies across the country, uh, manages to not visit Florida in the process, uh, spends time at FAMU, uh, arrives on campus after the FAMU visit. Uh, FAMU's head coach, Willie Simmons, shows up shortly thereafter. Really just kind of a surreal, different, something that wasn't seen much with the previous staff, and I, I don't know... How often or when the last time you had a, a blue chip recruit visiting a, a major blue blood and a HBCU in the same weekend. But anyways, Thibodeau shows up. FSU feels really good with, with where it's at with them as of right now. Obviously still work to do, but uh, Josh, I know you've kind of been spearheading that. I'll let you take the lead here and talking about Thibodeau and I guess what was accomplished this, this weekend. Just more comfort. Yeah. Um, more of him building the trust with the coaching staff, more 
of everything. And even even FSU's attitude towards the FAMU visit played into their favor. Just mm-hmm. the fact that they were all for that and supportive of what he wanted to do and bringing the head coach over to the Moore facility. I mean, we've never seen that before. No. So um, I think all that played into it. I don't think there was much to accomplish in terms of like seeing things because remember, he was on a multi-day visit with his mom the last time. Like so. an extensive one that would like sell, like felt like yeah, semi-official. That- yeah, that visit was very extensive and very thorough. This one was more laid back, like, hey, because, see, they knew he wanted to be in Tallahassee, so they just kind of made it like, hey, what do you want to do? Who do you want to see? What do you want to do? You know, and um, he kind of dictated his own visit. It was great. Spoke to a couple sources within the program, and basically I'm told that if today was signing day, they would be very confident that he'd be picking FSU. And this afternoon, I was told that, you know, they feel like as long as they don't lay an egg this season, that Thibodeau will be there. So um, that's in, that's incredible. You know, it's really incredible if they can land. Think about the statement Willie Taggart will, will make if he can land the number one recruit in the nation. And he's from California. And he beats out Alabama. Because I really believe Alabama is the biggest competition. Yeah. Um, USC is always going to be there. They're, they're worth mentioning. But I really think it's at either FSU or Alabama. Yeah, the only thing I'd add is I think it's impressive that FSU is that aware of how socially aware that kid is. Mm-hmm. The FAMU visit is very much, it fits his personality in many, many ways. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing. It, it's good to be aware of what a kid is away from the football field. Yeah. And I think FSU preaches that to recruits and they practiced it with Kayvon. He, he seems to understand. So when he, I, I'll have you guys address it because I saw at least two or three, maybe even more people on the message board alone. Even people in, in person spoke to us, uh, just fans that were there watching. Didn't love Kayvon Thibodeau's bi-language sometimes at the at, at Saturday Live because he was kind of off to the side. But I, mean, I thought he was interacting with people and stuff, but he was uh, kind of... He, he, he walked out with DeAndre. Yep. They were hanging out. Uh, he spoke to several other players while he was on the field. He spoke to Willie for a good bit. He was with Burns a lot. He wasn't participating. Yeah. So yeah. It, I think what a camp... People don't understand camp dynamic. If you're participating, you're fully engaged. Mm-hmm. If you're not participating, you're kind of just hanging back. And everybody else with that's working that camp yeah. is engaged. Yeah. So they're not going to. Mark Snyder is not going to be like, "Hey, thanks mm-hmm. for showing up, 15 DNs, but I'm going to go hang out with this one guy." Yeah. That's not how it's going to work. Mark's going to hang out with him outside of the camp, mm-hmm. and I think that's just how it is. I don't think Kayvon was bored. I think the visit was how he wanted to go. I didn't hear any negatives coming out of it that, you know, didn't go right or the feeling or the vibe was mm-hmm. negative. No. Okay. They, they have a read on that kid, and that kid understands FSU from that previous visit where he got the in-depth plug it into his head, the history, the knowledge, the tradition, the mm-hmm. operation, all of that. This visit was more about just, hey, come and hang out. Do what you want to do. We want a little face-to-face time. Mm-hmm. It's probably your last unofficial before you take officials. It will be visit two of at least three that they get out of them. That, that's what mattered. They made the last impression of this portion of his recruiting period. No one in that building feels bad with how that went. No, they all feel no. the, right. the opposite. That's what I was about to say. The minute his ass showed up, they felt good about it, and yeah. there wasn't anything that happened during the visit that caused concern for them. Right. The people directly involved with his recruitment had no concerns over his his visit or his time or anything. I mean, it, it, it went it, it all went as, as well as it could have gone without well, a commitment. Well, he might have been, <laughs> the, 
uh, top recruit there? Can we talk about the biggest recruit there, Cardell Thomas? I'm happy you said Cardell because I was going to say Cordell, which I tried yeah. practicing with before, and we started recording. That is one, it was that is one sure. massive dude. Huge dude. I'd seen him before, but, man, every time you see him, it's like, holy hell. And he was smiling a lot, yeah, which which I'm sure you're going to touch on. That was that was good. Mom seemed good like Florida she State. had a good time. He literally was here Thursday to Sunday. I think they technically didn't leave town till today, but I think the visit essentially wrapped yesterday afternoon. He got so much face-to-face time. Yeah. Coach Woody deserves a lot of credit for working hard to get that visit to happen. They had to fix some things that happened with the previous staff that just made the kid uninterested. Um, once they got him on campus, I think Greg Fry did a very good job with him. Seemed like they kind of hit it off, had good conversations. FSU explained their O-line situation, how he fits into it. He's an interior guy all day. He's a guard. He's a road grader. He's probably the best guard in the country. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that lightly. I think he is certainly the best guard in the country. And, man, he he was impressed. Josh and many others in the media spoke with him as uh, Saturday was wrapping up. He raved about it, and the family raved about it. I was going to um, say, I think Mom liked it. I mean, he, Maybe he, as much he not better the, than he did. He used the money phrase of, I got another decision to make. And mm-hmm. that's that's what FSU wanted this weekend to do for them. Anything you want to add to that, Josh? You're just typing. Um, typing. Either eating burrito or typing. Just making noise on my I, podcast. I just finished my burrito, so we're good there. Um, <laughs> on Cardell Thomas, yeah, I guess I'll, you know, what Chris said is probably true. Although I didn't listen to what he said. Probably true. Moving on, moving on. No, no, no. no. One of the things that I want to say about Cardell is I think if all things were equal right now, meaning he wasn't committed to LSU, and remember, he's been committed to LSU for two years, I think he probably would have committed to Florida State on the visit. Yeah. Um, Cardell's a good kid. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. He's, And I think he feels that his commitment means something to LSU. And I think he's conflicted over that. And even probably felt a little guilty for enjoying FSU as much as he did. Um, so he, had, he had to do a little backtracking. He had to, yeah. Shay Dixon talked to him. It he's was, in real deep with that LSU commitment yeah. because he's kind of been the fate. Not only, you know, he's probably the first one to the 2019 class that committed because he's been on there for two years, but he's also been very vocal about adding more players to that. And I really get the feeling that he. If all things were equal and he wasn't committed to LSU right now, I would have put in a crystal ball pick for FSU had he not, you know, if he didn't even commit on the visit. So um, beyond what Chris said, I just think that that's the biggest mountain for FSU to climb. I don't think they have anything left to prove as far as the culture or um, Coach Coach Fry goes. I think it's all about just him and this uh, LSU commitment. Now, if LSU gives him any reason to wiggle out of that, meaning – there's a controversy or they have a bad year or Coach O gets fired. I mean, boom, I think it's done. I think he's FSU's. But ultimately, that's kind of what you want in a recruit is someone who's not going to be flip-floppy. Like, if he does ultimately go with FSU, like, that's someone that you feel good that he's going to be solid with because he's putting so much thought into his recruitment right now. He's not being wishy-washy. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the other side, if you don't get him, like, I mean, that's that's a tough battle given how he feels about LSU. You, you learn in speaking of recruits that some guys say nice things about the place they're at and other guys can't hide how much they like the place they were at. He couldn't hide how much he yeah. liked it there. And I think it surprised him and his family, especially with the fact that his previous visit underwhelmed him. Yeah. As he said. Oh, so, I think that probably helped him out a little bit right. that there was such a stark comparison between or contrast between between the two yeah. visits. But man, he, he is a mountain of a human being. Those shoulders, 
He's got kind of chicken legs. Not they're not that bad, but comparatively to his upper body, it's funny how small his lower half is. If the legs were the same size as the upper body, well, <laughs> yeah, it would be problematic. He'd be like a Trey Hill, who you know, one leg had to step in front of the other when he walked because his legs were so big. <laughs> All right, let's let's transition to uh, out of state player Nicobe Dean, another blue chip guy that. Uh, getting him on campus was absolutely huge. It's a five-star linebacker from Mississippi, and yeah, arguably the best player at his position. They had tried to get him a couple times, and it just hadn't worked out. He had a medical issue. Yeah. Um, family is in Florida. Some right family is uh, dad, who's a doctor, is in the Lakeland area, or yeah. I think Bartow. He's in that Central Florida yeah. uh, corridor area. He uh, and it was a nice touch. FSU put doctor on his name tag. It's such a minor small detail, thing, but but yeah. it's important nonetheless. The, I mean, that's, the Dean that's a, family that's loved it. I mean, Mom walked out on Sunday and said if it was up to her, he's signing at FSU. And she said in earshot of four reporters and every member of the coaching staff. So it wasn't like it was some state secret. She was speaking her mind. She's also a character. She was pretty hilarious. Um, but Nakobe, fairly quiet dude, but he had a great time. He, uh, he told me that he was really disappointed when he didn't make the previous visit. Mm-hmm. He legitimately had a health scare, and it caused him to have to skip it. And he was very disappointed because he had wanted to see FSU throughout this process. And he said it far exceeded what he expected when he came in this weekend. I didn't catch up with his dad. I was told that dad was impressed. Dad's obviously an academic-minded man who's very serious. You know, doctors don't come by that trade by not having certain traits to him. I was told he was impressed with what he wanted to come in and see. Uh, FSU's in the thick of it. I mean, they're, they're going to be right there with, you know, LSU, who's I know is in it. Georgia is definitely in it. A and M, someone in it. There's a few others. FSU's right there now with him. Yeah, he's he planning to take an official at Florida State now, right? Or that's yeah, where he's leaning the, toward I, instead I of Oklahoma. He's one that said the Clemson game. Yeah, and try, it was all a blur afterwards. Yeah, but I believe he's the one that said Clemson. I'm pretty sure he wasn't beat Tech. It was Clemson for him. Well, that's an example of putting yourself in position for. For a big time guy, yeah, uh, he he's a guy that when you make the whole pitch of hey, you can come and play day one, it it's true, he can play day one. Staying with linebacker Chris, I'll have you talk about Derek Hall, another guy that they desperately wanted to to get on campus. I think Josh had written if, if they didn't that it was time to move on, um, yeah. and they get him on campus. Well, yeah, I actually wrote that about. Let's see, I wrote that there was a, a five that they needed to get on campus, and um, the only one of the five they were not able to get on campus was Lloyd Summerall. And basically, you know, we all agree that they're, they're, they're basically out of it at this point. I mean, it would take Summerall making a concerted effort to put FSU back in it, which neither of us see happening. So, um, But, yeah, Nicobe Dean, Derek Hall, who else was on that list? Um, there's a few others. But it was big. I mean, we're talking about Derek Hall right now, right? Yes. Yeah, we just talked about Dean. We're moving on to yeah, Derek yeah, Hall. Yeah. So on, on, Chris on was supposed Hall, to talk about Derek Hall. I think – they loved the vision. At one point, um, the coaches lined up um, Kalen Deloach, N'Kobe Dean, and Derek Hall all on the field at the same time and were kind of telling them that this was the future linebacking core of, uh, at Florida State. So I think they, they bought it. Um, <clears throat> Hall is definitely going to come back. They got their foot in the door there. Um, the relationship is more than just a phone relationship at this point because, like Chris said, Raymond Woody really wore out Derek Hall to get him there, and the two have been talking nonstop for the last uh, almost three, four, five months now. So getting him on campus um, really gives him a shot. But 
Chris believes uh, you believe Auburn still leads there, right? He told me Auburn still leads. I asked him on Sunday when him and his mother were leaving, and he clarified that Auburn was still his leader. But he was on the verge of committing to Auburn when he went to the opening. He was, you know, getting ready to make a video, do it at the end of July. He said that he wanted to see FSU before he did anything. After seeing FSU, he's not so much in a rush anymore. He plans to take a few officials. Auburn, Louisville, FSU were the three he mentioned. He plans to be back at FSU for the Virginia Tech game. And it's another example. FSU did a great job with the parents. Mom loved it. Mom was raving about it. On Saturday evening, I spoke with his mother for a little while after they ate dinner. And she was just talking about how she really was disappointed. She's probably not going to be able to come back with him for the VTech game. She's doing something with some girlfriends, a cruise, I believe it was. So she wouldn't be able to come. She was like, you know, clearly disappointed. She was not going to be able to come back to this place that they just visited, just learned about and loved. And Derek said just blew him away. It was much more than he expected. He didn't understand the history and the tradition. The academic offerings were impressive to him. The fact that they want him as a will linebacker and pretty much don't have anybody they truly love at that spot is appealing to him for early playing time. And to your point about them lining the three of them up on the field, it was Derek at will, uh, Kobe at middle, and uh, Kalen at star. And that's what FSU's going for with McCray being the other linebacker in the hall. They want to hit that position. They, they've recruited a lot of second-tier options at that position. Trayvon Thomas, Jordan Richo, Kendra Gant. There's other guys I could mention. But they're aiming for the big dogs, and after this weekend, I would say they're in that race. They're going to get one or two other guys at that spot mm-hmm. that they love, and they're in that position. I wish they were not in that position a week ago. And they desperately need those guys. They're at least yeah. one of those guys, too. They need a game changer and someone to build around at that position because they haven't had it. Um, George Pickens, who wants to take George Pickens? Arguably, the I thought he had the best camp of anyone there. That at least we, we paid attention yeah, to. Yeah, Pickens I, is the second best receiver in the country. Jaden Hazel is I the thought best. he was very I thought his game's very comparable to Chad Johnson. I think he's very long and um, slender and just he has great body control in the air. That was one of the things that like really stood out to me with his ability to just he seems he makes it look so easy to go up, kind of contort his body, grab the ball with strong hands and come down with it. Um just compared to one of the top ten wide receivers in the history of the NFL. So that, that's cool. He catches every damn thing that comes his way. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he is a big-time playmaker. Yeah. They, they want an elite guy. They were recruiting a few of them. Hazelwood opted to go to Paradise. Miami was already in a better position than FSU with him. FSU, that's their second visit with George. I think they'll get him back for at least one more. Mom was with him for this visit. Walt Bell and David Kelly are working their be- behinds off on that one. They're going to be in it. It's going to be a tough flip. Kid loves Auburn. He likes Bo Nix, who would be his quarterback he's going in with. But Sam Howell was there working hard on that, trying to build that relationship further. They know each other from the opening and some other stuff. Every um, single pass Sam Howell threw was like to George Cord Pickens, Sandberg. it felt like. Well, what about Cord? Oh, Cord Sandberg went to Yeah, I mean, to how Auburn. much does Pickens like Cord Sandberg? A little, uh, here's, here's my take on the Pickens situation. I think this is a, a long game. I don't think yeah. Florida State had any idea that he was going to come and flip this weekend. I don't think that was the plan. I think they're of the mindset, like, just keep chipping away. Keep chipping away. Stay in this thing as long as you can. They're going to try to get the official visit as late as they can, and they're going to try to get a flip right at the end. And if it goes down, I think that's when it will go down, right at the end. He's a good example of a guy that you recruit that you're willing to miss on. Like, Mm -hmm. if it happens, it happens. But you want him, so you're going to recruit him. In this I'm sorry, Josh. Go ahead. It's going to be easy. We've played this game before. 
we see what happens. We've seen this before when a kid from Alabama is being recruited by the two in-state programs. It's really hard to pull. Um, you know, Jameis Winston's the shining example of a situation where it worked out for FSU, but you know, there's a lot of others like Henry Ruggs, and I mean, we could probably keep going, but it, it's going to be hard. Uh, but they're in it, and, and and like you said, he's not the only top tier one. You know, they they still got feelers out for Brew McCoy, Kyle Ford, John Dunmore, uh, Jordan Hazelwood. So they're, they're just hoping that one of these guys, they can just snatch one of them, and I think that would be considered a success. One thing to add on Pickens, the Hoover staff. He plays at Hoover High in Alabama, excellent high school. The Hoover staff came at, came down for a mini clinic in June at FSU. Uh-huh. So there's clearly relations there, and it's good relations. And that's a good thing because sometimes the door starts getting locked in, you know, November, December, January, depending on when a kid's signing. And you you got to have somebody on the inside that you can work with. So FSU's built some of those relationships too. But he's a tough flip, but they're going to go for it. And he, he's shown interest. He's shown interest in FSU and Bama and Auburn. I think it's really those three and those three only in that recruitment right now. Hoover High, uh, the uh, produced Jeremy Pruitt. Yep. Rush Prost was a great coach there now at Colquitt County. The great Jeremy Pruitt. The great Jeremy Pruitt. Rush was a great coach. His off-the-field <laughs> life may have been a little, you know, sketchy and had I some mean, issues. I mean, it seemed like he was great at off-the-field stuff, too. X's and O's, that man can do it. He was He's so good at families that he stuff. had a second one. Rush would be coaching in college if none of that ever happened. All right, so you guys just went with five guys that are top 100 type of recruits in FSU after this weekend. Maybe this is just looking at it for context maybe it's just the post visit buzz but it seems like all those guys have is in a position to at least get officials for yep. so you're putting yourself in the top five for all those oh at this point i expect i i would expect official visits from all the guys Pro- you just probably not saying it's going to happen but coming off of there i fully expect all those guys at least half of it like uh, probably three out of five if not all five saturday, to. Yeah. saturday night live was moving day and fsu packed the truck <laughs> all right one, one other guy who i think we all feel those are the big time guys that we think fsu made strides for one other that fsu is already in a good position for but i think really solidified things with uh it's tyler davis the the defensive tackle really sawed off guy but uh, quick, really strong. Loves him some Odell Higgins uh, from. from and Odell Ohio. loves him some Tyler Davis. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. If I'm not. Let mis- me. Uh, let me take this one since I go for it. Spoke to Tyler after the event was over. Um, the very first question I asked Tyler was just something I wanted to know. Why did you choose to go to Florida State over Miami um, for this weekend? And he just kind of like didn't hesitate and said, "I wanted to work with Odell." And and uh, Tyler Davis is like kind of a happy-go-lucky kid. Uh, his, his personality doesn't really match his personality on the field. But um, he was just like, I wanted to work with Odell Higgins. And um, he was really elated about about Odell. And he's, and I don't know if, if Tyra has a thing about his height, but he mentioned to me a couple times about how Odell doesn't care how tall you are, just wants you to get low and, 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 and play ball. And, um, I think me and Chris talked about this as well. We noticed a pattern. When Odell locks in on a kid, how often does he lose out on him? Whether it be Eddie Goldman, Timmy Jernigan, um, uh, all the guys. It always seems like every year, Marvin Wilson, it always seems like, oh, man, maybe Odell should cast a wider net. Like He seems to have really zeroed in on this one recruit. And year after year, he'll pull that recruit in. And it's clear. I mean, look at the defensive tackle board. There's nobody that Odell Higgins likes as much as Tyler Davis. So he's locked in on Tyler. And I think he's going to be hard pressed to, to not land him. I, I mean, I 
at this point, me and Chris both have crystal balls in on him. And um, one of the keys will be getting his mom back on campus. We mess, we talked about this on the message board and in the recruiting scoop. But Tyler told me before the interview was over, I said, you know, what, what do you need to see from FSU? And he's like, I just need to bring my mom here. She's got a couple questions for Coach Taggart. And we're hearing that there's a possibility that they're going to sneak this visit in before the dead period, which starts on Wednesday. Yep. Um, as of now, um, we haven't been able to confirm those plans that he is heading back. We'll see. I mean, I think there's a, a slim chance that it happens. But if that does happen, if he comes in on a return visit with mom, like 48 hours after he just left. Ring, ring. Yeah. <laughs> get, get the phone ready. Charge up the phone because we might have a ring, ring. I like how Josh just admitted that you two have crystal balls for him. We like talking about dipping our balls in. <laughs> you know, but our you, balls you were the first to dip your ball in. Right? Uh, just, just yeah, I was the you first were, for that. You were ahead of the curve. On I was the first is. for Kalen Deloach. I was the first for Charles Cross because one of our message board posts told hear me it, to. Brendan. You're awesome, man. We love you. You this use that. You use that recruiting in your genes. Yes. I'm glad it has. Yes. Yes. So are we ready for the lightning round? Is this where I can give you like one line yeah, on 10 guys? No, not yet. Battery. I got 3% battery, so I'm all for the lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the one, real quick, all right, quick on this. One guy who was committed, but I feel like the narrative really changed on him this weekend is Quayshon Quay Paul Ford. Yeah, yeah let's, real quick on that. Quayshon's relationship with FSU was awful in February. He was pissed off when he came up for that junior day, showed up late, didn't get time with Willie, was unhappy about it. Came back in May with mom, second day, sat down with Willie. It was a turning point. End of July, he's in a great spot with FSU. He's very happy with him. He's now talking about playing inside, outside, which is smart. That's what he should be doing. Yep. He talked to Odell a bunch. He talked to Mark Snyder a bunch. He Willie literally came out. They embraced. They hugged. It's night and day. It's mm-hmm. a five-and-a-half-month turnaround. Like, you wouldn't believe in a relationship. He's still going to look at Florida, Miami, Georgia, maybe a couple others. But where FSU sits with him right now is such better footing than it was five months. You're ago. fine with him looking around. It's just the yes. it's the the dramatics that were going along with it. I think that put a bad taste. I mean, in that's subsiding. Now. Yeah. And mom was with him, and mom was happy. And he was and recruiting was for Florida State, which yep. I think is is key. All right. He's got an awesome personality. You want him on your side. Yeah. Yeah. No, you do. Plus, um, he's a good player. If it, the way he performed at the opening, apparently, and that, like especially when he was at defensive tackle. Um, yeah. If he's open to moving. All right, I asked fans to ask, or sorry, readers to ask some questions. We will do lightning round really quick, guys, all right? Uh, all right, here's one from Logo1197. Despite Quaverius Couch, did I pronounce it right? Crouch? Uh, almost. Not coming to Saturday Live, do you still expect him to visit in the fall? No, I mean, who knows? But yeah. I've never been a believer of this whole Crouch thing from the get-go, um, despite lightning you know, round. others pumping it. I don't. I mean, I think that he could make it back to campus because of his relationship with Sam Howell, but I don't feel like Forrest lightning round player. I'm sure. not. I'm not sure Josh understands lightning. <laughs> He's the one who wants to go fast. <laughs> I, I second what Josh said. I, I'll believe it when I see it with Crouch. All right, uh, Barry, unforeseen injury. What are all three of your opinions on who, uh, who starts? At, not right now. Who starts at quarterback? DeAndre Francois. This is a recruiting pod. I'm DeAndre Francois. Put, put, put me on the spot this weekend for football all right. stuff. Uh, let's see. I flipped my crystal ball pick last week on, on that, by the way. 
He's not Facebook Live, Francois. Facebook Live listeners know, know what I'm talking uh, Francois, about. I thought Francois made it through the summer that he was probably going to have the best chance to start, and that he made it through the summer. He's here. He looked happy. We're not talking about this right Why now. Lightning round. 1-9, 0 Is it likely we get Brew McCoy uh, to unofficial for a game early in the season, then official later on? Oh, so you want him on the campus <laughs> no. twice? What the fuck? No, that's not. No, that's, not gonna that's official or bust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, He's going to USC. Okay, so someone's asking for, like, generally speaking, for a, a conversation. This is uh, Bejene. Uh, so for someone like Pickens, who's committed and solid, how does the conversation get going? Uh, does the staff talk to him at all about uh, the school he's committed to? What kind of things will be discussed? As I'm sure they tread lightly and avoid negative recruiting. Uh, basically, I, how, do you, how do you handle a guy who's committed? you recruit committed? for your school mm-hmm. and try to let that win out. Now, in the season, if the other school's struggling, yeah, you might jump on the, the fire pile. All right. Uh, well, Holt. I think in that situation, Alabama's recruiting him as well, and I think Alabama and Auburn are going to beat each other up, yep. negative recruiting. So you let that happen, and you just play your game if you're FSU. To add to that point, Auburn was actually really happy he was going to FSU and not Alabama, but then I believe he ended up going to Alabama anyways. After <laughs> FSU. But they were initially really happy it was FSU and not Alabama. Alabama definitely has some uh, recruiting PTSD from, from Alabama. He meant Auburn. I know. I had to. Auburn has a PTSD. Auburn definitely. Josh has has smoked himself stupid. Uh, uh, Peek behind the curtain. Peek behind the curtain. I've been throwing down whiskey during this podcast. I had to make sure I heard it. I'm actually just making something with my hands right now. So keep them coming. What are you making? No, 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 no. Chuck Knoll, uh, eleven or one one could be either. Any new names uh, that showed up on the board that might have uh, might have earned their way into FSU's? Basically, anyone new that's on the board. I wouldn't say for 19. I think it was an important day for Ty Edwards, running back, to come out saying FSU was his leader. I think FSU still has a decision to make there. There were some 20. And that's 21. the running back from St. August? Yeah, team? big boy okay. who moved from linebacker to running back. Mm-hmm. I think there's some 2020, 2021 kids that made an impression, but from a 19 perspective, Ty Edwards, Howard Allen's another one, but he's got some academic yeah. work to handle. Offensive tackle. All right. Yeah, I agree with Chris on that. I think Ty Edwards, don't let the offer fool you. He still had a lot to prove. Chuck Noll also asks, and I'm, I'm moving quickly. I may be missing something. If I do, I apologize, guys. Chuck Noll also asks, is it time to move on from Summerall, basically? You guys love I'm think- of the opinion you might as well. Like, mm-hmm. he's talented. He's a good football player. But you've got defensive ends in the boat. You've got the number one one in the country caring about you. And Summerall, somewhat of a tweener. Truthfully, he's built more for a 3-4 outside linebacker spot. All right, CBUS Knoll 84. I'm going to read that as Chubbs Knoll because I think that's what it says. Were you guys surprised that there were not any 2020 kids who committed? A little bit, right? Or is that still something that could. They're in a good spot with a lot of 2020 kids. Because the Oregon, there were a bunch think, of. I don't think they're kids. in a rush to load up on the next class before they fully evaluate the next class. I think if you would have told me three 2019 kids commit and zero 2020, yeah, that would have been a little bit surprising. But seeing the way that it went and talking to all these kids, like Savelle Smalls and some of the top 2020 kids, I mean, I don't think it's any concern. Like Chris said, they're in a great spot with a lot of them. I don't know how many questions there are that aren't recruiting-related asking about other – reading comprehension sometimes. This isn't Vietnam, man. There's wars here. <laughs> All right, Trick Noel wants to know about the Fuller Hunter dynamic. I, 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 I don't know. They're never going to be best of friends. Is that I, for sure a thing? Like I know they, that I've heard rumors. They have but, a weird relationship. Yeah, they're, it's kind of weird. Competitive high school, same county. They're not friends, but I don't think they're but, mortal enemies. We're talking about Quayshon yeah, Fuller I, and Derek Hunter. They were both working out. They were both on the field and together in the same position group. And 
had you not been on the message boards and heard about these rumors, you would have had no reason to believe that these two don't get along. Yeah. You know? So, I don't, yeah. They I can think coexist. It, right. Someone totally. told me to talk about expectations. I'm not talking about anything. That's very SEC media day. Knowles, mm-hmm. AXA asked what's going on with the DT. Softster, the, the number one kid. Softster. Softster. He named a top seven today after the season, but it's Bammer LSU right now. Uh, yeah. Who do we know that's an early enrollee right now? Oh, shit. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. I believe the Loach is supposed to be. Um, among the new ones, I can't remember. I, I try to make sure their profiles are updated with the little half sunshine thing. That means they're coming in early. Ooh. I think that's a clock. That's a clock? Oh, yeah. The cl- clock is for coming in early. Sunshine is for signing early. Right. So, Hi, Hi Noel says, hey, dummies, where's the pod? Patience. Right here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for the questions. Uh, last topic, and then we can go. Josh, we do lose you. Thanks for joining us. You're more engaged than usual, which isn't saying a hell of a lot. Um, Long time listener, first time caller. Mm. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, 2019. Uh, basically, FSU sitting pretty right now. Yeah. Uh, ranked ninth currently in the 24/7 composite uh, for 2019 class. Let's see, they have 16 commits, 10 guys in the top 250. Average rating is 91.5. That's seventh nationally. So you're talking about quality. It's Long good. Blue chips. So right now, with the yeah, exactly. With and that's what I want to ask you guys is. Well, one, what do you think FSU proved or accomplished or anything like that this summer? And then what what's next? What, what do they position themselves for for the next few months with the December early signing period? For me, they proved they know what they're doing. They know what they want, and they're going to try to go get what they want. And they've put a lot of really good bait on hooks in the water, and they're fishing for a really big game. They're not taking the little easy takes. Yeah, again, I agree. Trust the staff on, on this one. They showed that in January they were able to close – and now they just showed that their summer strategy was was well thought out and well executed. Um, I think if they win nine or ten games, uh, you can probably pencil them in for a top five class. It's pretty crazy. Like the lowest ranked commit that they have is Charles Cross, who has a major major upside. Ceiling. The next one is True Thompson, yeah. who has a really True high. Is what True is. He has a really high floor. True's position coach loves him. Yep. I trust True's position coach. That's about it. I'm just saying if that's the bottom of the yeah. barrel, that barrel is pretty damn good. Mike right. Morris is probably the worst commitment on the list because he's a defensive end who's probably not a defensive end. He probably won't. But Mike is still a very talented football player who has some upside to him and will probably turn into a good player somewhere. I just don't think he'll we, be We're going to think it's going to be Florida State at this point. Yeah. Uh, what, what's going to be interesting, uh, and you guys can speak to this, is that I – what happens from here in terms of they with 16 commitments how many scholarships roughly do they have it seems well, like that they have I'll let, I'll let everybody shoot the messenger because they get really mad when i say this but i spoke to somebody within the moore center today that is Stan probably Wilcox. the most <laughs> influential person when it comes to keeping track of scholarships in the recruiting efforts of florida state and he told me today when i said okay we're up to 16 commits what are you thinking he told me today at best, he thinks that they'll get be able to fit 21 in this class. So, shoot the messenger. It's not my opinion. It's the opinion of somebody that coordinates all these efforts of recruiting and is telling me exactly how many scholarships they think they're going to have. So, no the number I received again, and that I've received for the last several months, has been 21 at best. They'll probably lose one, let's say two, on their current list. Mm-hmm. Just a safe number. Mike Morris being the most likely to 
you know, decide to go right. elsewhere. He visited Michigan. They're definitely trending in some ways. And then who knows what a guy like Derek Hunter or Quay Johnson uh-huh. yeah, might those, lose one of those. That's so essentially the same we'll guy. We'll split it and save yeah. one. So that puts them at 14, which means seven more. If you think about it, they definitely need they, – they want another DN. Another linebacker. Probably another two linebackers. Yeah. An offensive tackle. At least one more interior guy, if not two more interior guys on the offensive line. Another D tackle. And, and probably at least an DB or an receiver. That's, so that's nine, nine guys right there. Yeah. Maybe yeah. A, and I was told maybe today. Back. Like, Ty Edwards to me, yeah. super talented kid. Good film. Not a ton of it, but good film. They like him. But do they definitely need a running back in this class? It's kind of like tight end. Do you take that number and say no to another position where you have a greater need? And they like the 2020 running oh, back yeah. class. Oh, yeah. 2020 is freaking for good reason. running back. Yeah, there, so you don't. There's about seven in the state of Florida that they would sell their soul for. And the way the running back situation currently is, like, yeah. Cam Akers is a sophomore. And, and to add to that, not only is 2020 loaded, but they're in good shape with a lot yeah. of those yeah. 2020 guys. Like, they came into a situation where they were behind on Trey Sanders, and they were behind on a lot of guys. So 2020 is going to be completely different. You can't sell early playing time to, like, these running backs that are in this class. Right. You're not playing until you're at least a sophomore. Like, the first year, you're not getting that. Yeah. But, Offensive tackle linebackers, that's what they need to hit on. And get another stud on the defensive line, you know, whether it's an end or a tackle. And I consider Tyler Davis a stud. Obviously, Thibodeau is the stud of studs. All right. You guys are the recruiting gurus. Anything else that we need to touch on? Names that we need to, to float out there? Anything nah, else I mean, before? I know there's probably 15 other guys that attended Saturday Night Live we could talk about. It was an excellent camp, tons of talent. If we didn't talk about somebody specific that you want us to talk about, throw it in the comment section of the pod. We'll kind of treat it like a Q&A, for example. Um, I won't. Yeah, so no one won't. He's going to retire till August. and but <laughs> Which, me and, which me is and Tuesday. Dog, yeah. <laughs> which is, or Tuesday, I'm, all, I'm off Wednesday. tomorrow. It's Wednesday. Well, I'm off tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But uh, me and Josh will knock it out. So, And we're going to do have a notice? Have you ever noticed how that, when you get to 1% on your phone, like that's the strongest percent <laughs> of battery that your phone has? Like why can't all the percents on your phone be as valuable as that 1%? <laughs> It's the opposite with the gas tank. Like, when your gas gets to below a quarter, it just plummets. Dude, you want right. to put diesel in your gas tank. You should not be talking <laughs> about it. With the Knowles 24-7 <laughs> podcast, this is Brendan Sinone. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Chris. Bye, guys. <laughs>